This is the Riffin' Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Riffin' Reed. Well, well, as uh, we move right into the Riffin' Reed. As reported to me by my wife, Nancy, who is right here. Nancy, what's happening on the route to uh, JFK? But, oh boy, a car caravan of the supporters of Hamas have blocked the entrances to JFK, the car caravan. Remember, they started car caravanning uh, when the uh, carolers, the Christmas carolers, were at Washington Square Park on Christmas Eve. And they went round and round the park for the first time. They were in cars and trucks and vans. And they were trying to blast uh, away the carolers with their own music. And they almost got into confrontations in Washington Square Park with Christmas carolers. I got to believe if they have blocked the entrance to JFK on the Van Wick. The Van Wick leads right into JFK, right off the Bell Parkway. And there are going to be a lot of people, especially Uber drivers and others, whose life is dependent on picking up fares because they're all parked on the outskirts waiting to get the uh, the tap-up that they're being summoned to uh, bring a passenger uh, to either Long Island or to Manhattan or wherever. That there's going to be some fisticuffs because now they're affecting people's ability to earn money, especially all the drivers, the cab drivers, the Uber drivers, the Lyft drivers, who basically position themselves at JFK, and sometimes it's only one, two, maybe three rides a day they get in order to be able to uh, pay their bills and feed their family. So that, that, that's being reported on freedomnews.tv, freedomnews.tv, which is a person that we know uh, well, Nancy, that's uh, Scooter, yes. uh, who is a woman and whose husband had put together a massive organization of videographers in the city. It's not a major network. They don't have the resources that Eyewitness News has or CBS or NBC or even New York One locally. And yet freedomnews.tv always seems to get the footage first. Yeah, and, and the uh, it's saying right now, as of like um, one minute ago, the Port Authority police are arresting the demonstrators who are blocking the roads and as they're making the arrest, the passengers are trying to push through the blockade to get through their luggage and make their flights. Exactly. So you see, it, wrong place to actually do a blockade because you got people there, especially people who are earning money. And it's very hard if you're a driver to earn money. Some of them, that's all they do is they lay up and they wait for the airlines to come in all day because they don't drive around burning gas. They just figure, we'll wait. We'll wait till we get summoned. So both cab drivers, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, I guarantee you they're probably getting out of their cars as we speak and throwing blows uh, with the Hamas caravan, again, that has blocked the traffic going into JFK. Does it say specifically where? This is freedomnews.tv. It's the place that you should go. We are probably the first uh, to report this anywhere in the tri-state area. WABC, by day, the largest station in the nation, and at night, the largest in the world, especially now that people are listening to it on the stream, the laptop stream, the worktop stream, uh, 
and then on the uh, WABC app that they put down on their iPhone and their smartphone. Uh, do you have any further details on well, that? Well, yeah, so it's, it's, the protest is happening along I-678 and the service road, which is leading into the JFK airport. So that's where this is primarily taking place. I guarantee that that's one place where there's going to be resistance, and it isn't from the Hamas supporters. It's going to be from the drivers, many of whom are immigrants, I might add. Immigrants, uh, first-generation immigrants, that's the way they can earn some money. So that's story number one that we're right on top of that you won't hear anywhere else uh, in the tri-state area. Story number two, we were a part of it, and in fact, Nancy, you can... um, direct people where they can actually see the video. You and I were walking downstairs uh, in between the shows that I'm doing here at WABC during the holiday week. I was getting breakfast. You were standing there getting a cup of coffee. And what exactly happened? The entire area was in lockdown. We thought maybe a major crime, a hostage negotiation situation, maybe somebody threatening to jump from one of the nearby empty uh, uh, buildings, none of that. Apparently, some steam pipes blew up uh, nearby our facility. And the next thing you know, they're talking about asbestos might be in the air. So they basically cleaned out this whole area. There's nobody. I'm looking outside the window. It's like nobody here, Nancy. They're all running for their lives because there might be asbestos in the air. Yeah, and, and this started uh, last night. Uh, you know, early the morning, rather, around 2, 3 a.m. So this is still the, you know, uh, the perimeter of the street closed off. And they're not sure if it has asbestos or not, but they are uh, letting the public know that they have masks to hand out. So apparently, don't worry about the asbestos flying through the air. They, they got a, a, a paper mask for you. Yeah, a paper mask is going to do nothing uh, versus asbestos. By the way, if you want to see the video... Because we were there just about moments after they closed off all the main streets, 3rd Avenue, east to west, uh, uh, in the 50s. How can people access the video that we did instantaneously? Well, you can go to your um, Twitter account. So that's at Curtis Sliwa. And we have the video up, and you can see, um, you know, the police in the background, you know, directing people not to walk down the street, and also the the cardboard warning sign that they've attached to the pole. It shows you how bad things are fiscally in the city that the police, who have no resources now, had to get a piece of cardboard, like a homeless person who says, please give me money, give me food, give me clothing. You know, they stand out in the meridian on a piece of cardboard. They had scratched probably with a Sharpie, street closed. So naturally you go up to the cop. How come the street is closed? I'm not at liberty to say. You just can't go down this street. Well, can I go to the east? No, you can't go to the east. Can I go to the west? No, you can't go to the west. Well, where can I go? I haven't quite figured that out yet. I'm waiting to hear from, uh, you know, from police headquarters. Total chaos in the street. So if you're going to JFK, total chaos. If you're in midtown Manhattan, total chaos. With the threat of the Hamas supporters uh, ready to close down Grand Central, Penn Station. We'll go through all that later on in this Rip and Read Hour. But right now, we need to specifically go to a story that has just hit. And I'd like to see how anybody out there is going to call me a xenophobe for this story. Because, Nancy, Gotham is now reporting a very liberal progressive website that the city of New York's public school system that has one 
2.1 million children enrolled at all different levels, high school, junior high school, a grade school, uh, kindergarten, has now been hit with lice, hair lice, overwhelming amounts of hair lice. Now, let's see. What's, what's occurred in the last year that could have precipitated so much hair lice now uh, that is basically like uh, spreading in the school system? What could it have been maybe like 12,000 new kids that have been enrolled into the school system who are the sons and daughters of the migrants, illegal aliens, as I call them, asylum seekers, uh, whatever you want to call them, undocumented aliens, 12,000 kids in the school system, and now it's rampant. The school system is reporting incredible numbers of children have hair lice. Yeah, now, and and, um, conveniently, the education system they don't have a you know an actual reporting so they're they can't tell you which schools are affected right they don't want to start any fear fright and hysteria like you say and single out any particular schools and they're saying they also don't want to stigmatize people so don't it's not a health concern it's not a sign of poor hygiene and it's not responsible for the spread of infections it's like yeah that's all great except who wants their kid coming home with head lice hold on a second could you repeat that again? I noticed Diego is paying a lot of attention. He probably remembers when he was a kid in the Pueblas. God only knows where you grew up in Mexico. Let me establish you are a legal immigrant here. You are gainfully employed here at WABC. Okay, so what it is is it's not a health concern. Wait, wait, wait. Not. So not, head lice. Not a health concern. It's not a health concern. Yeah, and it's not a sign of poor hygiene. It's not a sign of poor hygiene except... One of the leading causes of having head lice is that you have not washed your hair in a month of Sundays, right? Yeah, and it's not responsible for the spread of any infections, like to your point, because that would be the ultimate concern. Oh, I feel so much better that all these kids running around with head lice now, that's all you have to be worried about, that head lice will uh, be jumping from uh, head to head, from kids' heads to adult heads to other heads. But have no fear. But the people who are interested in in this in it going up is all the delousing saloons. That's yes, what yes. they call them. That's right, delousing <laughs> saloons. They're happy about this trend. <laughs> and we're not supposed to be worried about this. The fact that tuberculosis is at record-breaking level, levels in the city municipal hospital system. We almost had no cases a year ago. We now have almost every major municipal hospital is overwhelmed with TB cases. Yeah, I, I wonder who's responsible for tuberculosis. And I guess with everything is safe and secure, 35,000 migrants, asylum seekers, illegal aliens, undocumented aliens came across the border in 72 hours of the Christmas holiday. 35,000. None of them checked medically. None of them with vaccinations. Many of them, because it's getting cold down in the border, it's rain down there, which oftentimes it doesn't do uh, in parts of Texas along the border and Arizona and California. But it is the rainy season. So it is damp. It is dank. uh, They're wet because there is no place to uh, protect themselves from the rain. So they're sniffling. They're sneezing. They're coughing. They're all piled together waiting to come across in the queue. We don't have to worry about that, Nancy. No, no, no fears at all about that. Yeah, no, we're good. Don't. Yeah, don't, just look the other way. It's good. Not even a medical check. No vaccinations. 
kids being led into a public school system and the parents being told, it'll be taken care of in a month. Do we know of any of these uh, migrant kids have actually had their full scale of all the vaccinations they're supposed to have before they can come into school? No, first, so, no, we don't know that for sure. And actually now with the, the movement, right, they're shuffling around all these people. Now, supposedly 77% of the migrants who are here do have children, but we're shuffling them around. So if they went to one school, and let's say they did have, you know, some tor- sort of an ailment or head lice, well, they're shifting them to other schools because this 30 or 60 day waiting period. So now they can infect multiple schools. Thank you, Diego. Uh, I do appreciate that you many amigos want to come to America. Who wouldn't want to come to America? But do you think, wait a second, I'm looking at Joe Biden and Joe Biden. They're at a beach in St. Croix, the Virgin Islands. They're at a freaking beach. I'm looking at these video pictures. Thousands of single, able-bodied young men of military age from countries all over the world, but mostly South America, Central America, Venezuela, 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 and Mexico are now marching up to the border as if they were a standing army ready to come across. And we got a president who's like Alfred E. Newman of Mad Magazine. What me worry as he's sitting out on the beach with his wife, Jill. No problems yeah, whatsoever. So much, so much for leading by example. <laughs> now, let's deal with the here and now. John Katsimatidis has been struggling. He's had pneumonia and a hacking cough. You and I and James uh, Perrone, who is assisting the Guardian Angels and was part of our mayoral campaign, uh, we did a Zoom call with one of our lifetime Guardian Angels in Florida, Paul Martinelli. He had a hacking cough. We got news on that front to be able to relate to you. I actually had to depart for an hour. Imagine I left for an hour. We were an hour free here at WABC of Curtis Sliwa from 9 to 10. He had a hacking cough. You just finally got back the long series of tests that were done to you that turned you into a um, cushion, a pin cushion. What are the results of your hacking cough? I mean, give us an idea of all the different tests that you submitted to because for a week you were stung God. You could barely move, headache, cold. I mean, the whole nine yards and this hacking cough that you still have. Yeah, so this was a, a very complete um, a compilation of anything that could be a viral or bacterial. So what it includes is uh, influ- uh, flu A, influenza A, influenza B, and then also RSV, um, and then the you know the one that's like the COVID, the SARS, uh, MPV. Those are like five different types of tests. Every single one came back negative, right? So that's great. But, of course, then it leads to the question, like, what's causing this, if not the obvious? So, basically, they have no reason to even pinpoint why it is you have this hacking cough. No, I mean, that's the that's the, the single um, sort of element that has retained. Everything else has gone away at this point. It's just this cough, and I can't figure out how to shake it yet. So, John Katsimatidis has had that. Paul Martinelli has had that in Florida. Um, the nephew, I believe it was, of Andrew Giuliani, younger nephew has had the same hacking cough. All of them do not have any rationale as to why they have it. So let's see. What's the only difference in the last year, Diego? Oh, that's right. 128,000 people have come into our city that are all cramped into hotels, into shelters, into tents. 
the weather is getting very damp. It's going to rain again today. That means this actually in heightens people sneezing and coughing because it's, it's miserable. In many ways, it's worse than if it's really frigid cold and there's snow or ice because you feel the dampness, and the dampness is all-consuming. So could it be that with all these new people, no medical checks, no vaccinations, no medical history that we're aware of at all, could actually be the supercarriers of some virus or some flu that's affecting everybody now? I would say that's highly probable. Do you think now that they are a captive audience in the fact that they have to be at the Roosevelt Hotel or other hotels or tents or migrant shelters, that we could actually start testing them? So if they're going to be here, at least if they're in need of medical care, we get them medical care so they don't become part of this super spreading virus and flu that doesn't seem to be able to be determined on any testing. I'm, I'm concerned. All the kids who are like under 10 years old, the past few years, has I don't even know how they're going to develop into normal young people. They've been masked up for several years, and now you take the mask off and throw them in a school with people who, who possibly have infections. I, I mean, yeah, this, is, this next generation of children is going to be uh, highly disturbed. I hope that on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion this afternoon with John uh, Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, that they have Dr. Mikolos on to explain why there's head lice everywhere in the public school system, but we're not to blame it on the migrant kids or the illegal aliens, right? Anyway, it's your place to be here to rip and read it. Up next, Nancy discovered something on her way over to the studios of WABC that I haven't seen reported on in the heart of Midtown next to St. Patrick's Cathedral, you are going to find out something that is just going to blow your minds. Right here on the Rip and Read at WABC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Panama! Puerto Rico! At the border, that's what it is, a clarion call to everyone from the Western Hemisphere who's coming north into the United States. Shout-outs to your country. Uh, Gee, if you were online there, Diego, but again, we must specify you are legal. From Mexico, they gave you a shout-out. There he was. What's that, Ruben Blades or whatever the hell his name is? Let me hear that. Let me hear Venezuela, okay, stop it right there. That's all you got to do. 40% of the illegal aliens who flooded into our country are from Venezuela. Now, before we give you an update on the Venezuelans and their consulate in New York City, we have an update from uh, Scooter. 
who runs uh, freedomnews.tv, who is always at the ready with her crews, their videographers. Let me tell you, props to the Port Authority police. We had reported at the start of this uh, rip and read that the Hamas protesters had the car, van, truck, not truck, but car and van caravan, and they had blocked the entrance to JFK. So if you were uh, going to JFK to catch a flight, or to pick up people who had already landed, tough noogies, it was blocked. Give us the update on what has happened in, I mean, record time. Record time, Nancy. Yeah, so twenty about 22 minutes ago, they started to, uh, you know, uh, slowly arrest the people. And as of 15 minutes ago, every single person who was blockading that street has been put on to um, one of the JFK airport buses. And now they're gonna uh, they're in custody and they're they're shipping them off. Wow, the JFK airport bus isn't that where the caller to Greg Kelly and to James Golden sometimes calls in from that African American guy. Yeah, Adam from Mineola, right? He's always, he's probably the bus driver. <laughs> he's been incarcerated three times. He told us on the Greg Kelly show. He's probably saying, "Look, man, let me tell you what the procedures are. I've been busted three times." Once in a federal lockup, twice in state institutions. Hey, you know, I did my time. I ain't complaining. Now I'm gainfully employed. I listen to WABC. He drives a JFK bus to all the terminals around, and he calls in a Greg Kelly. He calls in a James Golden from time to time. Now, this is record time. These are not the NYPD, right? No, no, it's Port Authority. The Port Authority cops, who are not bound by this stupid consent decree that Eric Adams signed that now handcuffs the police department so that the police department cannot kettle in the demonstrators. They can't put their hands on the demonstrators. They basically have to allow the demonstrators to go wherever they want, do whatever they want, block traffic. It's a consent decree, and Eric Adams agreed to pay members of Black Lives Matter money for how they were being stopped during their protests in the summer of 2020. Eric Adams agreed to that. Apparently, the Port Authority did not sign on to that, thank God. That is the combined effort of New York State and New Jersey. The Port Authority police cleaned that out and arrested them all in less than a half hour. Put them on the bus, the Port Authority bus, that Adam from Mineola drives. It goes round and round to the terminals. They've arrested how many? Nineteen. Well, the the it seems like the entire bus is filled up. So yeah. I would say, yeah, definitely over about two dozen people. Yeah. So Eric Adams and Michigan Action Eddie Caban, the police commissioner that nobody has seen. Uh, no cojones. Has Eddie he been Caban. kidnapped? I haven't seen him. Man, nobody weeks. has seen him. He's a police commissioner, and we saw him more before when he was the assistant. I, I saw him one time, and then and never again. That's it. You would think he'd be out there holding press conferences. Nobody's treating my men and women like this. I don't know where he is. Maybe he decided it's better to go south of the border and pretend to be Venezuelan and come north as an illegal because you get more benefits than you would be, even as upper brass in the police department. It's really sad. But the Port Authority police showed you what police can do in a demonstration. In half an hour, they had everything cleaned off of the street. Traffic has, again, continued to flow towards JFK and out of JFK. They've seized the vehicles. They've arrested the Hamas supporters. 
They're all on a Port Authority bus that generally goes from terminal to terminal. See, that's how you do it, NYPD. What you ought to do is when the Hamas people come into Midtown, which you're going to do in probably a few hours, get the Rikers Island prison buses. Get them ready. Get the handcuffs. Snatch them off the street. Throw them on the Rikers Island bus. And keep them on the buses for a few hours, which you can do. Act like you're doing their paperwork. Naturally, you know. Well, can you spell that again? Uh, what is that? Uh, okay, here. Yeah, let's see. Gee, are you on the no-fly list? You, we got to check here with the FBI to see if you're on the terrorist watch list here. Hakeem. Pl- uh, shout out. Shout out to the Port Authority Police. Shout out. You know it was who maligned the Port Authority Police and called them all cops? Years ago, he was running for mayor against our own John Katsimatidis, 2013, in a heated Republican primary. Joe Loda, uh, oh, the worst, right? MTA Joe Loda, the money-taking agency. He was the head of the MTA. And it was towards the end of the campaign in the Republican primary. And he said that the Port Authority cops were like mall cops. They did nothing. Hey, Joe Loder, where the hell are you today? You're a person of no consequence. Maybe you'd like to apologize to the Port Authority cops. And then Rudy had to come to his rescue. So then the last month against John Katsimatidis, Rudy did all the TV commercials for Joe Loder. People thought, oh, wow, we're getting a chance to reelect Rudy Giuliani, mayor of the city. They bamboozled the public. John Katsimatidis lost. Joe Loder won the Republican primary. And Bill de Blasio smashed him to smithereens. He had the worst a Republican tally for the mayoralty in the history of mayoral elections. Uh, Nancy, what did you discover on your way here to WABC this morning to join us? Next to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Oh, okay. So, yeah, um, St. Patrick's now, this is uh, 51st, uh, right by, you know, where you would see like the tree, Rockefeller Center. There's... A building that's abandoned. So initially I was just drawn to the fact that on this really magnificent block with these great buildings, like what is this decrepit building that has, uh, you know, papers in the window and plywood on the door? What do you mean? Like a burned out building in the South Bronx in the 70s? Yeah. I mean, like the thing you were seeing uh, during the COVID when they had the, you know, the people going around looting the way that the stores were closing up shop. It had that sort of feel to it. And, you know, I go closer and it's actually the Venezuelan consulate. That's closed down and boarded up. Wait, that's on East 51st Street across from St. Patrick's Cathedral, 5th Avenue? Yeah, and, and again, you know, and it has like a, a few uh, insignia on the door. There's also a flag still there. You can see that it says Venezuelan Consulate. But then I looked a little further. Now, this uh, location has been closed since 2019. This has been sitting vacant. So they keep up the plywood. You would think the city of New York would say, look, okay, it's closed. Let's, for the aesthetics... Just put something else there, like a normal door, a normal covering for the windows, because it looks like it truly does, based on the pictures you sent me, Nancy, looks like a burned-out building that I used to deal with in the 70s and 80s in the South Bronx. Yeah, and then that's across the street from St. Patrick's Cathedral. Then when you turn around and you look at St. Patrick's Cathedral, obviously during this time there's a lot of um, you know foot traffic with tourists, and there's um, like two garbage cans on the corner that are so overflowing that people are throwing garbage onto the sidewalk. I mean, this is 
to think that this is what people, when they come visit New York City, this is the best we can showcase for them. Before Anthony Weiner joins me at 1 o'clock, could you post those uh, two pictures up? Because people will probably think you're making this up. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And again, and this, what I've noticed about this corner, like um, like a 6th Avenue, this very touristy area, for some reason, I think this is part of the, the logic that the city has well, we don't want people throwing garbage and overflowing garbage cans, so let's take them away from what would otherwise be a busy corridor. Well, you know, except for not accounting for the fact that if someone has garbage in their hand, they're still going to throw it in the street. I am looking at the picture right now that Nancy has taken. It's going to make you cry. Hey, the city has cut back on all overtime for the sanitation department. It's obvious. We've, we've done posts of overflowing garbage everywhere, which means more rats. How about the Archdiocese sending the maintenance guy out from St. Patrick's you know, Cathedral every hour? I was to just, just thinking that, too. Like, what about some of the parishioners? I mean, if you're if you're showing up there to worship and you see that, I mean, wouldn't that sort of communal sense of bettering your environment kick in and say, I, I don't want my outside my church to have oh, all of this stuff? That's very Catholic of you. No, it's That's not. very Catholic of now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Kids, cost of electricity, cost of just survival, day-to-day survival has skyrocketed, and this is an excellent uh, song. Eddie Grant, right? Very good. Oh, Diego, excellent choice. Electric Avenue. Before we talk about the price of electricity and uh, the resources that we take for granted and how they are exploding in cost here... In the United States and locally. Let's for a moment give you an update on the story of the moment that nobody else is covering. Thank you to freedomnewstv.com. It's run by Scooter and her husband, Ukrainians who came over to um, Sheepshead Bay, Brighton Beach. And they have a phalanx of videographers out there who get and dig up more stories than the most efficient newsrooms in the city, whether it's uh, Eyewitness News, Channel 5, Channel 2, Channel 11, uh, all of them, New York 1. They just have people out there that are always ahead of the curve. And they were the first to report of the uh, Hamas blockade of JFK Airport car caravan. Just blocked all traffic going in. And then the Port Authority, which is in charge of that area, immediately came out in force. 
And within less than a half hour, they had arrested 19, put them on the Port Authority bus, probably, that's driven by our frequent caller here, the guy who got busted three times when he told the story to uh, Greg Kelly. He drives that bus around from terminal to terminal, got all the vehicles off the street, impounded them, arrested 19 of the Hamas supporters, all within a half hour. And Eric Adams, you can learn from the Port Authority police how you take care of these Hamas protesters. Within a half hour, I would have thought it would have taken them hours to untangle all of that. So salute to the Port Authority police who never really get praise. Remember, that is a combination effort of New York and New Jersey. The governors of both uh, contribute to that effort. And to Joe Loder, wherever you are out there, as Donald Trump said to all of his enemies, I hope you rot in hell. You should for having called the Port Authority police more police years ago when you ran against John Katsimatidis. Oofa to you. Now, Nancy, um, you have been uh, focused on Con Edison for us locally. Could be uh, uh, PSENG that deals with New Jersey and now also Long Island. All of these energy providers I notice the rates are going up and up, and now they are demanding that more and more new facilities, new buildings, no longer have gas heat, or if you have a pizza parlor, no gas oven, it's got to be electric, electric everything. What exactly are the ramifications that you personally have experienced and that others are really beginning to feel in their pocketbook and in their wallets? Yeah, so this sadly comes from this the very misguided, uh, you know, local laws that are now going into effect as of this year. So local law 97 is one of them, uh, really the biggest driver behind this, which has to do with um, imposing um, emissions goals. So this trend to increase the um, elect- electrical output. So now anyone who has Con Edison uh, pretty much in New York City between uh, the gas and the electric – I'm sure you've noticed the increase in in rates. Now, I noticed that myself. I'd say about six to eight months ago, things started to double. I mean, I actually thought the, the neighbor's electricity was being put on ours. It, it just it boggled the mind. So now this is part of what um, Con Ed is doing because now, like I said, this, this local law 97 is mandating starting next year that buildings either fully – um, you know, like sort of transform over or that they, um, you know, within like the next, you know, this upcoming year have to transition. But we also saw that with the Guardian Angel headquarters. Remember, the bill came in. It had doubled. We wondered, hey, are you guys and gals keeping the air conditioner on round the clock? And they said, no, 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 just when it's really extremely hot. And we had noticed in that bill also, it had doubled. Yeah. And with, with, in fact, less usage. And, and what's happening is so the, the Con Edison realizes that the infrastructure isn't there. So that's not only the infrastructure for all of the buildings that are now going to be mandated to do this, but this is also uh, the infrastructure that relates to getting it to the renewable energy transfer stations, which is like upstate New York, even as far as Canada. So the infrastructure doesn't exist. The law is going into place. As of January of this year. And that's a law statewide or citywide? Well, uh, uh, statewide, lo- uh, local and All right, so this affects everybody in New York State from Buffalo to Brooklyn, from Plattsburgh to Suffolk County. Now, in the, now, for the past two years, now you should expect 
that your Con Ed bill is going to double. So what we've seen is probably half of that already, and then the following year you'll see it fully double. Or it could be PSENG, which now in addition is supplying energy in New Jersey, does so for Long and, Island, and, and this, the other energy providers upstate. Yeah, and this is at the same time that Con Ed is raking in like obscene profits. So in uh, they made uh, 22.5% the year ending 21, 23% year ending 22, and 40% ending this September. So the costs are going up to us so that we can finance this ill-gotten law, okay? And they're still continuing to make these obscene profits. Now, one of the really curious things about this is obviously because it's so cost prohibitive and you're going to have a lot of smaller landlords and buildings, you know, you're going to have um, co-ops and condos, consultants are going to get paid on this to advise people. How do you comply with the law? But there is a little bit of a curious workaround that they're sort of letting people know about right now which is that you might have buildings start to set up temporary boilers outside of homes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> this is normally what happens when the boiler in an apartment building goes out and the landlord uh, must bring in one of those trucks, those huge trucks that actually create heat on the outside so they can pump yeah, it in the Yeah, and you see all the, the, vent, the right. venting machine going from like the – the street vehicle. We've seen to it with home. schools too. Schools, when they all of a sudden the boiler is not functioning in a public school, they'll bring these huge tractor trailers in that are belching smoke, uh, normally diesel smoke, making the heat that is necessary to replace what the boiler was making until they can get a new boiler in. Yes. Yeah, so now you you can imagine the the changing landscape of what New York City is looking like between having these outdoor shed areas, the scaffolding that seems to never disappear ever, and now potentially these huge external boilers outside of all of these buildings. So imagine trying to maneuver through New York City coming up. So that's the first part. All right, so let's look at this. We've got all these needless sheds. Uh, I mean, I, supp- I thought we were supposed to get rid of the sheds that weren't being utilized by restaurants. I still see them out there, graffitied, garbage in them. People living in them? Right, rats everywhere in them. Right, they're still up. So you got that. You got all the bike racks taking up uh, any space. Uh, You have these uh, massive trucks that are going to come in to artificially create the steam necessary to keep the building warm while they're converting to all electric. This is nuts. Yeah, and this is absolutely. Do they have to pay congestion pricing when they bring those big trucks in? You know, it's a it's a really floating concept as to how this is all. What are they triple charge them? You know now, and and one of the things to think about too with this this changeover into mandating that everything be electric. Right now, where we see the push a lot of times during the summer times, and people using the air conditioner, there's a power outages. That's happened before where they've had to shut down, um, you know, certain areas of the city because they control the source of it. Well, now it's anticipated that there's going to be more winter blackouts because of the increased usage. So it's not going to be a summer thing anymore. People are going to start losing heat, and they're going to have to start monitoring because this is what they do. When the system starts to buckle, which it's going to, which is already acknowledging it is, they're going to have to turn off parts of the system. This is going to happen in under you know 32-degree weather this winter. So now people, forget about being hot. You're going to be freezing in your apartments. So the idea here is we pass legislation because it makes us all feel good. Oh, we're going all electric. We don't have to burn the fossil fuel, which you do because you have to create the energy somewhere. 
You've closed Indian Point, which produced so much of our energy uh, for the New York City area, Westchester, out to Staten Island. That was Indian Point. Uh, look at Germany. Germany used to have so many nuclear power plants. They now have closed their last three power plants. So they have to be burning more fossil fuel in order to meet this demand for electrification. It just seems that we're, it's like a dog chasing its tail. I hate to use that analogy with you from animal welfare, but we're trying to basically clean up Mother Earth from burning fossil fuels, but you still have to burn the fossil fuels in order to electrify because you don't want to use nuclear energy. Yeah, and and the problem is they're moving so quickly with these laws. And again, I think the most important part is that none of the infrastructure is in place. You're going into a plan knowing full well that it's going to fail, that the system isn't going to be able to withstand the amount of energy needs. And unfortunately, what happens is there's um, 24 different power plants um, that are actually, uh, you know, the energy is controlled through Con Ed. So when they have a surge in one area, they can lower the output to another area. So, for instance, we had a surge in the west side uh, last year. They didn't shut down the west side. They shut down stuff in Brooklyn. So if you're in a less desirable area, something tells me you better really be concerned because they're going to shut down the energy wherever they can shut it down. So let me get this straight. So no more gas-powered stoves. It's going to be electric stoves. Uh, your energy bills are going to skyrocket. Skyrocket. We're going to be burning more fossil fuel in order to electrify from these coal-burning plants or from these uh, diesel oil-burning uh, uh, plants. So I, I see. We just move them around like uh, pawns on a chess table. And, and we have Public Service Commission, which is overseeing how these utility companies can charge. For them to permit uh, like regular constituents to have to double their bill at the same time that they're banking $1.2, $2.4 billion each year. Well, it's what a monopoly. Yeah, what's going on Whenever here? Whenever you have a monopoly, basically they have you by the short hairs. So guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You wanted uh, a cleaner environment. We all want a cleaner environment. But how about actually planning it first so that you can have options? If one system breaks down or fails you, another system uh, kicks in like a hybrid car. And and this will probably have the same philosophy as, as does the wind sort of energy. They start off telling you, oh, it's going to be double. By the time it rolls around, it'll probably be triple or quadruple. So there, there's not even an assurance that doubles where it's going to stop. Well, anyway, up next, the Port Authority police were able to lock up the Hamas demonstrators who were blocking traffic to JFK in less than a half hour. Maybe Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who signed the consent decree that handcuffed his cops, and now he's crying about it. Maybe he can go to uh, Port Authority boot camp. And learn how it's done. Because the Port Authority led today and the NYPD is lost in chasing these Hamas demonstrators. They don't know what the hell they're doing. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa.
This is the Eric Adams theme song. Really got off to a bad start when he kept calling himself, I got swag, I'm the swagger man. Saturday Night Live did the riff on it, everybody was laughing, but that's what people know him as, the nightlife mayor. And when they see everything else not functioning appropriately, obviously, they trace it to that. Well, he's always in nightlife. To be honest, if things were going normal, things were functioning, and we didn't have all these problems, nobody would care. Other than me, I'd be complaining about people. Shut up, Curtis. Everything's okay. If the guy wants to party off hours, what do you care? As long as, uh, you know, he's doing things uh, legal, leave the guy alone. He's entitled to his own downtime. Right, Diego? You would agree with that. But with all the craziness going on, no, 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 no. So yesterday it is a weekly press conference. He's limited reporters' access to him only once a week. Nancy, you have always critiqued his press conference along with our own James Flippin and Noam Layden. And there was one uh, nugget here that we culled from a lot of self-praising and patting himself on the back. You would have thought today, well, we're lucky to have Eric Adams at this time of need. He talked about a consent decree that he recently signed. It pretty much uh, hampers the police from reining in demonstrations that we've seen take place now, demonstration de jour. The the signals we got was uh, they were telling us that we could have had a worse of outcome if we didn't come to some type of settlement. That was the signals. When I, as soon as I read the, the settlement, I said, this is a problem. This is a problem. And, you know, you have to go by the advice of your attorneys, you know. But uh, as soon as I read it, anyone who policed this city uh, should be concerned about what's in the settlement. Yeah, well, apparently the Port Authority didn't care. <laughs> they stopped the caravan. They blocked the traffic to JFK, the Hamas supporters. They put them on that Port Authority bus that's probably driven by our friend, our caller from Mineola, right? Adam, who's done three bids in prison himself, two in state prison, federal prison. And that was probably some of the best radio ever with Greg Kelly, in which he outlined to Greg all the reasons he was bus. He now drives that bus around from terminal to terminal. They requisitioned it. They put 19 of the Hamas supporters on the bus. They arrested them. They impounded the vehicles, took them out of the roadway. Within a half hour, things were back to normal. In our city... Because of this consent decree, you can't kettle them in. And I'll explain this to people. When it's New Year's Eve and the ball drops, starting at about 7 o'clock, if Diego were back in Mexico City instead of being here now as a legal immigrant, he probably would have planned his whole year, along with people in Montreal and other places, to come to New York to watch the ball drop. You know, from Dick Clark, the American Bandstand, to everybody who does it now. And you go in to these cattle pens. You can't leave. So once you get in there, starting at about 7 o'clock, you better wear the pens. Because if you leave to use the laboratories, you can't come back. You're kettled in. That's the term. That means you have a demonstration. They put the police barriers up. You're in the middle of the barriers. Nancy, you saw that when we were at uh, Gracie Mansion protesting against the mayor who said he would take in some migrants and then said, well, 
Uh, I can't. I've been told I can't take in migrants at uh, Gracie Mansion. Yeah, except they did a little backwards because they kettled us in with the people who were opposing. Exactly. So they kettled us in with Antifa, <laughs> which was not a very bright thing to do. So I told the cop, look, have Antifa have their, you know, cattle pens over there. We'll be over here. They can yell. They can scream. We can yell. We can shit. It's the American way. Nope. They put everybody in the same uh, cattle uh, cattle pen, and oh my God, uh, fists uh, and feet were, were flailing away. Eventually, Antifa left, and we continued on with our demonstration. I got arrested with two old timers who were like eighty six. Remember, senior citizens. I remember. So the point is, when you watch New Year's Eve when the ball dropped. Everybody is kettled in if you want to stay and watch the ball job. If you don't, you leave. This is pretty much the principle of a demonstration is, hey, oh, you're going to take up the block. All right, but don't block people on the sidewalk. You got to give them a little bit of room to go up and down. They put up the police barricades. Mostly you'll see like union demonstrations. They go up and down with their placards. They have created a whole new way of demonstrating now, which basically – Nah, we don't want to be limited to the sidewalk. We don't want to stay in the uh, pens. We want to be able to go into the street. We want to be able to walk wherever we want, whenever we want, however we want. And the Port Authority today showed the NYPD and Mayor Eric Adams how to do it. So if I hear Eric Adams complaining anymore, Nancy, I can't do it. The consent decree won't let us do it. We're handcuffed. I knew when I signed it, it would be trouble, but I signed it. The lawyers made me do it. Maybe we should have the Port Authority do policing in the city when they have these Hamas demonstrations, huh? Because they can show it. And to Joe Loder, wherever you are out there, you fiend who labeled the Port Authority police mall cops. In your race against, at that time, John Katsimatidis for the Republican primary. And at that time, when, yes, he reemerged, Anthony Weiner, and shot right to the front of all the Democrats who were running for mayor. I'll bet you he remembers that day when Joe Loda, head of the MTA money-taking agency, called the Port Authority Police Mall Cops. You disgraciated Joe Loda. <laughs> 